Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! With a pounding heart, I ease my body into her rhythm. When I lift my hips, she moans. When I stroke her breasts, she lets fly a breathy sob. You're so beautiful, I whisper. I'm the luckiest guy in the world tonight. She looks at me with wonder in her eyes, and I need more, suddenly. I hold her close and roll onto my side, fucking her in short, purposeful strokes. Neil. Yes. <laughs> short, purposeful strokes. <laughs> I, 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 I imagine the, the, the sound associated with them is... Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, should I keep going? Shall I keep reading? No, 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 no. Let's do a podcast. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We do also all the spoilers. So many spoilers. So and many spoilers. If you've come here to just hear a review about a book and not know what happens at the end, one, you're not familiar with romance novels. We all know what happens at the end. <laughs> but two, that's not what we do here. We tell you every motherfucking thing. Everything. Everything, everything. So if you do not like spoilers, just pause. We'll wait. Mm-hmm. Just go read the book. Come back. And then we'll all have a lovely little chat about it. Lovely little chat. Yes. Or a very dirty little chat. Yeah. I mean, two things can be true true yeah neil yes you picked the books i did pick the books what did you pick i picked boy toy man hands book three by tanya ebby and serena bowen uh-huh. and team fission by chase verity and what was the theme the theme was age gap romances yes um <laughs> We'll talk about it. Ah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but first, Claire. Uh-huh. What's got you hot and bothered? COVID. <laughs> Yay. Everyone's favorite. I know. Um, I finally got it. Woo. <laughs> I acquired it. Um, I went to a store and was like, you know what? I'm one of those late adapters. Um, I get onto the bandwagon late, way after. Like, I was a fan of Nirvana 10 years after Kurt Cobain died. <laughs> that was this just my thing. That's yeah. how, that's how I do it. Um, I can't just, like, like something You wait till, like, likes. Gen 4 or 5 comes out. Yeah, no, I mean, like... That's my thing. So anyway, so went to the store, got some COVID. Um, <laughs> that's why this episode is late. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've just been digging in and sleeping for the last week. Um, Ooh. You yeah. know what? I don't have COVID and I wish I could sleep for a week. <laughs> I'm literally hot, and I'm literally bothered. <laughs> Fair. Well, of course you're hot. It's like 6,000 degrees there. Oh, fucking, like, oh, like, it has not gotten below, like, 
I mean, it gets below 100 at night, but like the high for the last two months has been 100 every day. And next week we're getting a cold front and it should be 90. <laughs> this is one of the many reasons why I moved to San Francisco. Yeah, well, Southern California is getting their hurricane. Yes, yet another reason why I moved to San Francisco. I saw it coming <laughs> seven years ago. Anyway. Actually, I was uh, with some friends recently, and we played the uh, San Francisco anniversary game. My 20-year anniversary is next year. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Yep. yep. Which means I will have officially lived in San Francisco longer than in my hometown, which I am okay with. Does that mean, does that mean next year is also the 20th anniversary of your high school graduation? No comment. (laughs) I'm sorry. Rude. Rude. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I blame the COVID. <laughs> like, you heard the pause. You heard the pause in my voice when I said, Does that mean it's also the 20? And the, like, I was like, Should you not say it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Claire. You be a bitch, bitch. Neil, look at this exciting milestone I'm about to hit. Claire, yeah, but look how old you is, bitch. <laughs> Sure. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I know. I'm I'm a, I'm a gem. There's a reason you keep me around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, you know. Neil, what has got you hot? <laughs> <laughs> I saw you abandon that line of thinking, and it was hilarious. <laughs> You're like, how do I dip? No, done. Look, Neil, go. Talk now. <laughs> like, I got a fever for more cowbell. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> um... So what's got me hot and bothered is depictions of safe sex and media. <gasps> Aww, that's adorable. Where's it uh, happening? Well, very specifically. Okay, so uh, the film version of Red, White, and Royal Blue came out not too long ago. Um, longtime listeners will know that we were lucky enough to uh, interview Casey McQuiston, who wrote the book of the same name that the film was based on as part of her book tour. So that was very exciting. So um, I have read the book. Claire was not able to make that show. Um, Did you end up reading the book? Yeah, I read the book. Okay, great. So we both read the book. Um, And so obviously the book had a huge following. The movie now has a huge following. Um and everybody's very much enjoying, apparently, I haven't seen it yet. We're probably going to do it for a Patreon episode. Um, everyone very much enjoys the sex scenes because they are in the direction of graphic, we'll say. Um, and then there's a scene where they're post-coitus and the, it's like they're in bed and the camera's sort of above them. And you can see two condom wrappers one on the nightstand and one on the floor and apparently like in an interview the director was like oh yeah we talked about like the intimacy choreographer and i talked about like depicting this and like um realizing that 
neither character, especially the prince, would be on prep because, like, their family would know about it and that's a way to out them. Um, so we want to be sure that we should condoms and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, an average human being would be like, oh, that's a nice touch that they took the time and effort to like show safe sex happening. Apparently people are mad about it. Like after this interview came out, people were like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Not even once. Or like, I didn't even need to know that. And it's just like, what are you, what is happening? What is happening? What? I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's insane. I Yeah. So I think it's um, alarming, but also hilarious that people are mad about it. It's like, I'm sorry we, we destroyed your bareback fantasies, but like, <laughs> these are things one has to consider. Sorry. Ugh. So. Come on, people. people get pissed off at the weirdest things. At the dumbest things. I like that nobody's mad about how apparently gratuitous the sex scenes are, but once we see a condom wrapper, not even like a condom, just like, or as far as I know, we don't see them putting on a condom. It's literally just a condom wrapper as part of the set dressing. And people are like, yeah, I have a theory. I have a theory about the types of people who are, mad about that and i think it is young straight women who like to read about gay sex and like to imagine that nobody needs condoms because nobody's getting pregnant mm. and then don't want to be reminded of the fact that stis are a thing yeah it's my theory yeah that sounds right i would not <laughs> i wouldn't put it past everybody <laughs> great Shall we talk about some books? Let's talk about some books. Team Fission by Chance Verity. For 55-year-old Phil Hutton, finding a new boyfriend is tough, especially since he's still hurting from his ex leaving him for a younger man. Online dating has been a soul-crushing experience for the restaurant owner. Too many meat haters interested in microbreweries for, or something called geocaching his matches in the multiplayer are for his favorite video game have been equally sucky too <laughs> good lord i'm sorry <laughs> one night he encounters a newbie who is so helpless phil can't help showing him the ropes doesn't take long for Phil to become interested in his enthusiastic teammate. 20-year-old Tyson Falls from Georgia loves working as a server in a rinky pizza joint and sees the best in everything. Phil's online dating matches get worse and his in-game matches with Tyson get better. He finds himself wanting to pursue the easygoing chatterbox with a thick, sexy drawl. But Phil can't get past the fear that Tyson could possibly want a fossil like him. If his brain doesn't stop being so damn insecure, it might be game over for his heart. Neil. Yes. Is that what happened in this book? More or less. Right off the bat, I do have to point out it's Chase Verity oh is the God. writer. Oh my God. was... Oh, guys. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Phil is... Uh, a 55-year-old man who owns his own successful restaurant in Massachusetts somewhere. 
Uh, he enjoys whiskey. He enjoys red meats. He enjoys playing video games. And he's, he sounds insufferable. Oh, my God. Like, this is this book is very much like if you were into, like, the sunshine, uh, gloomy romance t- trope where, you know, like, we've got a storm cloud and a sunshine person. Well, you get to be in the head of the storm cloud this entire book. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he, like, he's unhappy about everything. He's a bitch about the smallest thing. Nothing makes him happy. He's judgy about everything. He's judgy about absolutely everything. Like, so we see some of these, like, quote, disastrous dates of his. And a couple of them are, yes. But there's one where, like, he meets up with a guy at a restaurant. And, of course, he's like, well, this is this restaurant isn't as good as my restaurant. Uh, and then he's sitting at the bar. And in his head, Phil is like, what a fucking asshole that he wants to sit at the bar. What a dumb, dumb, stupid head. And you're supposed to want to sit at a, at a, at a table. And obviously, this is a shitty restaurant because of how the tables are laid out. Everything about this is the worst. I'm leaving as soon as I can. I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Like... Oh, God. I know. And that guy seemed really nice out of all of, like, I mean, one guy ghosts him. Another guy is so new to dating other men. And he's in his, like, 50s, maybe early 60s. He brings his daughter with him because he's nervous. And, yeah, that sounds like a sucky date. But it also sounds like you could probably be honest with your date and say, Hey, man, we're adults. This was a little inappropriate maybe we could ditch your daughter <laughs> yeah and there's a point where he like ends up because because the date goes to the bathroom and the daughter's basically like so what are your intentions with my father and then is eating breadsticks with a fork and knife and i'm like okay yeah she's a crazy person i get it um <laughs> but then like he's like okay this is super weird and then the the guy comes back and he's like yeah this isn't working and he was like honest about it but not a dick about it he was just sort of honest about like hey this isn't working like i don't think this is appropriate etc etc and he was surprised by the fact that he was being honest and i'm like i don't believe for a second that phil has never said any single goddamn thought that has gone into his goddamn head i know it felt bizarre and then just to wrap up the part where he's uh where his date sat at the bar uh, it says Tom must be securing an escape route. Someone ought to punch him for this shady move, and I nominate myself. So, like, you're walking into a date, and you see that he's sitting at the bar. So you're like, "Well, I better punch him because that's how that's going." <laughs> Guy, what is, what is wrong with you? What the actual fuck? And then he like he only ever wants to eat at his restaurant. But then there's like it's like, oh, I can never uh, relax when I'm at my restaurant because I'm always working and blah blah. blah. I'm like. Why? Why? Oh God! And it's like it reminds me. It kind of reminded me of the this the um medieval time sex cult restaurant. <laughs> like that guy was always like, "Oh, we're eating at my restaurant because that's the only place I eat because that's the only restaurant I like." And then just to give you an idea about who Phil is as a person, there's a time where he's like, I I think it was like he was at the rest his restaurant off the clock. I hate listening to servers and bartenders complain about work. I do it because I'm their boss and I care for them. But 90% of the time, they were in the wrong, and I have to be the asshole to tell them so. I'm like, okay, 
great. And then uh, thinking about my back of house manager hurts my head. She's moving to Canada right before Halloween, and I need to start looking for her replacement. Not that I'm going to gripe to anyone about it. It's like, oh, toxic. You have a toxic personality. I get it. I get it. I understand what's happening. Good, 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 good. So that's one of our love interests. (laughs) And the other is a very nice young man um, named Tyson who in in the book he's 28 he's written like he's 19 oh my god he honestly is. like because he's just like hey stranger on the internet here's my full name and where i live yeah uh, like like phil finds out immediately that his name is actually tyson falls and he lives in atlanta because uh-huh. tyson doesn't know about stranger danger <sighs> anyway so Tyson and Phil meet when they are they pl- they play this multiplayer game together and and they're they're matched up together and Tyson's like oh how do I shoot how do I reload and Phil's like didn't you play the tutorial <laughs> Tyson's like it was boring so I stopped how do you do anything <laughs> and then in a complete in my mind 180 from his actual character Phil's like okay I'll tell you what to do blah blah blah. Anyway, so then they, like, chat, and then they exchange phone numbers, and then they, like, talk about things other than the game, and then blah, blah, blah. I think the buildup of, like, because they were, because he's in, uh, Phil's in Massachusetts, and Tyson is in Atlanta, and I was like, okay, what are the steps that they're going to go through? And they go from, like, talking in the game to texting to, like, Zooming, and they have uh, cam sex, which we haven't seen, Mm -hmm. I don't think, ever. No, I don't think so. Um, And then uh, they end up, like, visiting each other. And so that that progress, like, from meeting online to actually meeting in person and, like, developing the relationship, I feel was handled well. The steps made sense. The timing of it made sense, too. This takes place over the course of, like, the better part of a year, I think. Yeah. Like, okay, sure, sure, sure. But then also, like, there are moments where, like... Like, I think Thanksgiving is coming up or something, and it feels like, oh, well, what about your family? And Tyson's like... Yeah, well, that's not really, you know, like, that's, oh, that's not really something I have to worry about. Like, and then he makes comments several times about, like, how he doesn't really need to, like, basically, it's like, oh, you aren't on good terms with your family. Your family's dead. I don't know. Like, your family is not in the picture. And we pick up on it immediately, and it takes Phil a very long time for Tyson to actually, like, explain, like, yeah, I don't talk to my family, for Phil to be like, oh, I should have realized. Yeah, you should have, you dick. Goodness, you crotchety old grumpopotamus. Like, it is, it wasn't fun being in his head. He wasn't grumpy in a fun kind of way, you know? No, no, and I feel like, because, I mean, when we've read characters who are grumpy in their head, and they're still kind of fun to read. Like, they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're outwardly bristly, but they're not like, they're not gross or like they're they're often shy and so like they don't mm-hmm. know how to interact with the outside world so that they end up pushing the outside world away or they're like perfectionists so they want things done a certain way but they feel bad about yelling at people or they yell at people and then they don't know how to like correct that because they're just not full humans so mm-hmm. you know but no this guy is like and he's really set in his ways um so there was parts of 
Phil that I thought was well-written 55-year-old in that, like, you know, he is who he is. Like, you know, like there's certain things about him that isn't going to necessarily change. Um, that, like, you know, he... <sighs> he didn't interact with technology in the same way that everybody else did. And I thought, but not like he wasn't like a Philistine about it, which I appreciated. So I thought that was all very nice. Um, uh, I really liked that they brought up Via Viagra. Yes. And that he did have, he was thinking about that a lot. He was like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, how does this like all work? Like, you know, and interacting with other people in the dating sense because he'd been with his former partner for a, a while, like, was hard for him. And I liked that, too. Um, things that I was like, sorry, a 55-year-old is going to have to think about this. Um, no, he can't be eating all that red meat and drinking whiskey. He, he can't. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he can't. Like, <laughs> and uh, he doesn't exercise. He nope. obviously doesn't eat at any other restaurant. Nope. Like he's also stressed. Like his blood pressure must be through the fucking roof. Look, um, I'm only like in my late thirties. I was diagnosed with high blood pressure, and I don't drink that much or eat that much red meat. This man has high blood pressure, yeah. and he's on I don't know what kinds of like you know things that you know, but he's on medicine. He's got to be on medicine for that. And FYI, that and Viagra don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to think about that too and i and that's like such an integral part of like if we're gonna be in an older guy's head and i don't even think 55 is all that old but like like if we're gonna be in that guy's head we really do need to think about all of those other things I did appreciate in the, um, I don't remember geocaching coming up in the book at all, but I do appreciate it in the synopsis, if only because, like, my father is into geocaching, <laughs> and I'm positive if he ever did put in a profile on online for dating, that would definitely be on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, like... Uh, the, something that I didn't like two is that like because of the the so the age difference was a consideration like it wasn't really a barrier um other than like phil was surprised by that by the fact that somebody so much younger than him would find him attractive um and again oh my god i have to read you a passage tyson was supposed to be 28 but there's a point where he uh drunk dials uh Phil and Phil's like, oh, it's like one in the morning and he's obviously drunk, whatever, whatever. And then um, he he tells Tyson to like drink some water before going to bed. And then Tyson says, I did it. Phil, you're the nicest guy ever. I, I'd have never, ever thought of drinking water before bed. Now I won't get a hangover. I'm like, no 28-year-old has ever said that sentence ever. No, no. I mean, like, I really do wonder if this writer struggled to, like, if, if this writer did write um, the other perspective, like, because we only, we're only in Phil's head. I do wonder if the writer had tried to write one or two chapters in Tyson's head and failed. Did you read the little bonus novella at the end? I didn't. Yeah, there's a little bonus novella. It was from Tyson's perspective. It was like his day 
leading up to him logging into the game and meeting Phil for the first time. Oh my god. Well, was it any good? It was fine. <laughs> anyway, all this to say that like something that I d- didn't enjoy that was a byproduct of the age difference is that, you know, like Tyson's in college. He has a roommate. He has a shitty server job at like what probably is like a mediocre pizza place and, you know, stays up late and does all this stuff. And like, I totally understand if someone's like, oh yeah, I'm 23 and I like, you know, have six roommates in a four bedroom apartment and this and this and this. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh, that totally makes sense for your age. I am too old to deal with that. And that doesn't interest me at all. But like when Phil was like, Oh, he likes working at that shitty little restaurant. The fuck is wrong with him? Just like guy, just, Oh, he, he was not nice. He was not pleasant. No, no. It, it got old pretty quickly being in his head and it was unfortunate because we had to be in his head the whole time the whole time um and i do kind of feel like one thing that was nice about that was that you got to feel him growing happier over the course of the book um because of his relationship with tyson and other people saw that too um yeah his friends are like oh you're actually smiling what's going on yeah (laughs) but it really wasn't enough to make me interested and i mean i like i i thought the author was able to carry well the long distance sort of romance and like being able to have it over a video game i thought was really interesting i felt super bad for all the other players (laughs) yeah yeah because at one point it was after Phil had gone to visit Tyson, I think. Uh-huh. That that Phil was like, oh, I'm having feels, but obviously this can't work, so I'm going to decide to push Tyson away. And then was like, <laughs> being like, oh, yeah, yeah, we sure seem to talk a lot for people who are just having sex. And then there was like somebody on the chat this was in the game and so somebody on the voice channel like cleared their throat to be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Um, and Tyson's like, what? It's more than that. And it feels like, yeah, I guess we talk about work stuff or whatever. It's like, what are you doing, guy? Ugh. Yeah, it was one of the most awkward, like, I'm going to break up with this person and push them away. Yeah. Like, I mean, you read that all the time in these books. All the time. And yeah. And I was like, wow, this was the worst one I think I've ever read. Yeah. But it was really funny that it was in front of all of the other, like, players for this game (laughs) yeah except that we never heard other players talk i wish we'd gotten some dialogue from some of them no i know like um, (laughs) someone had been like listen like maybe you guys should like have a private conversation about this or if someone was like hey i had the exact same thing with my girlfriend that i met on this game just like sleep on it for a night talk about it tomorrow when you're not also fighting aliens it'll be okay guys (laughs) i know i would have freaking loved that if this whole thing like i would have loved if it turned out they'd been playing with the same three guys this entire time Uh and they all were just in for the drama of these two who were obviously like flirty having fun like and then having sex and they were just like man Look, you guys can't break up. (laughs) (laughs) I was just starting to believe in love again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That would have been great. 
my favorite thing about this book is that Tyson is bisexual. It's a two-part thing. He's bisexual. He says bisexual. Yay, bisexual identities. And then also, he doesn't really talk to his family, and it has nothing to do with his queerness. He just doesn't get along with his family. Yeah. And I'm like, yay, family trauma other than just the fact that you're queer is great. Yeah. And, and I was like, good friends. job. He's got like, he's not like, I mean, Manny, his roommate, is his friend. But also it seems like everybody at that restaurant he works at loves him to death. Oh, for sure. Um, And like Phil also has a lot of friends. Too many. I don't know I why. Say. He has too many friends. Because he goes out to brunch with them, and they're they're just the names just kept coming. We never <laughs> talked to the same person twice, and they would just like say things at him and move on. And we're like, how many fucking people are at this brunch? <laughs> right. And then he makes a comment that's like, oh yeah, Brenda and Denise, whatever their names were, usually pick out my first date outfits for me. I'm like, why you can't even dress yourself? Like, what are you doing? And also, why aren't we seeing that scene? That scene sounds nice, where you're probably a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> where and you have an interaction with a friend other than them being like, why are you smiling when you're on your phone all the time? <laughs> there was another point where it was like... Because that got old, too. Oh, my God. So much. Um, There's another point. He says, like, me and this other person are the only cis people in the, in the brunch group. And I was like, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading this along with you and these names keep popping up. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, I'd be excited if that were true, but it is not. <laughs> uh, goodness. Uh, they end up together at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's as far as like romances go, it's pretty like, Ba-doom, 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 ba-doom. They like yeah. each other right away. The only impediment to their relationship is whatever's happening in Phil's own head. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty a, easily gotten over, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say, because it's a very short read, so our writer was very economical with, because um, it didn't feel rushed. No. But it, it, moved very quickly and then also the cover is super cute the cover is super cute it's a little a little drawing yeah um but yeah that was that was team fission by chase verity that was team fission boy toy man hands book three by tanya ebby and serena bowen listeners the back of this book is exceedingly long a standalone USA Today best-selling comedy from your favorite snort-laughing duo, Liam. The moment Sadie Matthews walks through the daycare center door, I feel my world tilt in her direction. Again. I fell for her when I was 14, and I'm still not over her. Problem? She still thinks of me as a teen she used to babysit. But I've learned a few things about pleasing a woman in the last 15 years. I can't wait to show her how good it could be. I need to move quickly before I lose her again. This is more than a game to me, but I still plan to win. Sadie, I've just survived the worst year of my life. As a single mom of twin toddlers, I don't have time for a man. I barely have time to finish a thought. Who knew that Liam McAllister would grow up to be so devastating? He's everything my husband was not. Tall, built, and willing to have a tea party with my girls. I can't possibly get involved with him. He's too young for me, too handsome, but he's so persuasive, 
dot 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 this collaboration rocked book twins reviews q a about boy toy q is this really a standalone a it really really is no experience necessary jump in anywhere q is the age difference between sadie and liam vast a not at all it's only weird to sadie because she's going through some things funny things and liam's take is You'll see. His inner teenager has a few things to say about the situation and he will not want to miss them. <laughs> oh my god. So oh clear. my god. That was the back of the book. I didn't even know there was a Q&A session. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I literally I literally saw like I when I picked this book I read up to where it said, oh, Liam was 14 and it's been 15 years. And I'm like, oh, he is a, an actual adult. Okay, we can read this book now. I did not know there's a Q&A section. <laughs> Claire. Oh my God. What is this book about? Um. Okay, so, I mean, first of all, this is very important to say. When the back of the book says, um, the problem she still thinks of me as a teen she used to babysit, no, she does not, because she does not remember him <laughs> when, they, when they meet up again. And the entire book, because she does spend a lot of time struggling to remember what that year was like. <laughs> <laughs> she was doing the baby, so she's just like, okay, yeah, I guess I remember him. We watched a lot of movies. Uh. <laughs> I I will say though, there was a good show don't tell moment where like she couldn't, where she did sort of see him as a as a teenager because when he mentions where he lives now, she's like, oh, did your family move? And it's like, no, but I did. Reminding her, I'm an adult. I live on my own now because I'm an adult and she's like, Oh, right, 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 right. So I appreciated that. Yeah. 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 No, I, I also appreciate that. And like, and their age difference is not as big as it's it like, is. he's 28 or 29 and she's like 35. It's yeah. like six years. Yeah. It's not, it's not that big at all. No. Um, I can see how it would feel big. Um, like if you've definitely if you've got twins and you've been divorced and this is a guy who's been single his whole life i can see that but like okay okay all right ladies yeah <laughs> okay well, this is okay if you need a fantasy wherein you as a mother meet up with the single most capable and <laughs> handsome person in the world who will take care of your children, make them pancakes, never complain about it, and also be able to pick you up and throw you around and eat you out like you are a peach on Sunday. This is the book for you. <laughs> like a peach on Sunday. Also read your mind. <laughs> I mean, and read your mind. I mean, this man is impossible. Yes. He does not exist. Correct. Um, more than most of the men in our books don't exist. He doesn't <laughs> exist. This there is were, There were so many... 
times where Sadie would be like, oh, here's this, like, we're in her head because this switches off between them over the chapters. So it'd be in Sadie's head and she'd be like, oh, here's this thing I'm hung up on. And as a, as a savvy reader, you'd be like, oh, this is something that will come up and like be conflict between them. And then in the very next chapter, Liam will be like, I bet she's feeling this way. That's fine. And then it, nothing comes of it. And I'm just like, how, how does he just like, know? how does he know anything, everything? Uh. Um, so if, if you're into this kind of fantasy, this is the book for you. Um, okay. So I guess plot, um, Liam works at the daycare center where Sadie takes her twins. Um, her twins are precocious, but I feel like the nice thing is we don't get so much of them that their precociousness becomes annoying. Yeah. Um, I also appreciated that one of them was super quiet and the other one had to wear a helmet because she loved to, like, charge at people at first. Perfect. And that was, like, one of the best setups. Like, comedy setup-wise, like, that was something that was genuinely funny and caught me by surprise. Because at the beginning, we have this little girl who has to put on a helmet because she keeps running into things, headlong, people, whatever. Like, that was really funny. And then at the end of the book... When we get to like one of the dramatic climaxes, um, there's Liam's father who's uh, becoming a judge and he's this big muckety muck asshole and there's a party for him and this little girl runs headlong into him and like just right into his crotch with her helmet as hard as she fucking can and it was so fucking funny Um, (laughs) and I thought it was well set up and uh, the next moment was not as well set up when her father walks in, and that was really dumb. But that m- moment was well done, and I appreciated it. Um, anyway, so Liam works at the daycare center. He's really good. Um, he tells Sadie, like, remember me? You know, used to babysit me. And Sadie's like, holy shit, you've grown up very handsome. And then she's <laughs> fantasizing about him all the rest of the weekend. I do have to point out very quickly that she's like oh oh my god you grew so much you must be like six feet now and he's like well actually i'm six three and i'm like this is the most organic way we have found out a man's exact height i don't know what i don't know what it is about these books it's like we need to give everyone's height to the inch Yeah, yeah but i did appreciate that it's like oh it just like came up in conversation in a way that like made sense and i'm like okay good job fair it was uh, i also in my head imagine just this one single person to to play him and this uh the man's name is firelight and he's an author um he's also on instagram and anyway he's like six foot something um tall blonde very muscular and has this like exceptionally kind face and that is what i've imagined him looking like the entire time (laughs) anyway so from the moment that they sort of meet or re-meet at the, um, at the daycare center, Liam just sort of starts, he wants her. He wants to have sex with Sadie, and he just sort of starts insinuating himself into her life. It's not creepy exactly, but it is a little pushy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, why don't I come over? Why don't I do that? And then it just happens that she needs, uh, she's going out on a date and she needs somebody to care for the kids. And so he comes over. He's, he's the perfect babysitter in every single way. She goes on a horrific date with a MAGA guy, um, and gets 
fucking wasted on drinks called redheaded sluts. <laughs> his, I did appreciate that scene because his name is Earl. And like he orders for her. And she's mad about that. But then he also ordered the thing that she wanted. I know. I love that every time. He's like, oh, a citrus chicken salad and a white wine. And she's like, don't order for me. But in her head, she's like, that's exactly what I would have ordered. I'm like, okay, white lady. You are a white lady. Um <laughs> And then she, like, looks at the menu and is like, oh, a red-headed slut. I'm like, no restaurant anywhere has a red-headed slut on their menu. Are you kidding me? Anyway, but I did appreciate that he's like, oh, I'm an accountant. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. What sort of clients do you have? And he's like, militias. She's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? So, like, <laughs> these, like independent unsanctioned militias who want to take power from the government and give it back to red-blooded americans he's their accountant yeah (laughs) oh it was so funny but he was also an asshole and then i i did appreciate she comes back from like the bathroom and he has dessert and she doesn't she's like where's my dessert he's like you don't want me to order for you (laughs) she's like damn it yeah it's true No, that was all genuinely funny. It was good comedy. Um, So when she gets back, she's wasted, and Liam takes care of her because he's perfect and imaginary. And um, and pretty much just lays it out for her that, I want to fuck you. (laughs) And he's like, but we shouldn't know because you're wasted. And she's just like, damn it, this night gets worse and worse. (laughs) And she wants to have sex with him, but she's also like, you know, but I'm older than him and and it would be weird and her girlfriends are like no fuck him no absolutely 100 percent. you need to have sex with this man (laughs) also the asshole ex-husband left her for the nanny and then we see over the course of the book left her for an even younger woman but he like made a comment to um sadie 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 uh that was like yeah your body isn't attractive anymore and so she's internalized that, and so she's struggling with that, which which it felt real to me. Like, her sort of um, self-esteem issues and her kind of bumblingness um, felt a little more genuine and believable to me than a lot of these books. Like, I keep thinking of our fucking knitting circle woman that's like, I have giant tits, a giant ass, an itty-bitty waist, and red hair. Men are attracted to that? What? <laughs> like, I'm just like, fuck you. Whereas this one's like, my husband called me, my ex-husband called me ugly before he left for the nanny, and now I have to deal with two very chaotic children on my own. And I, like cannot keep up and I don't feel good about myself. I'm like, I get it, girl. I get it. Your life is hard. I understand. No. Yeah. And I, I appreciate she's like, she's talking when she talks about her body and not wanting to show it to this man who runs like 11 miles a day or something. Yeah. Like she doesn't want to show him her body, but she wants to have sex with him. So she's like trying to figure out like, okay, how can I, do this so I never take off my bra and we don't ever turn on the lights but I also like, get to see him. <laughs> I know. A kimono. I know. She's got like all she, and her machinations to, to, to not be naked in front of him and he's like really kind about it. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess we're doing whatever. Yeah, we'll do that. And, and like it just gets silly because she's just trying so hard. <laughs> this is the part where she's like, how about being blindfolded? Why did I say that? And he's like, 
yeah, I'll try it, I guess. And she's like, okay, great. And then she's like, what do I have to blindfold someone with? Because I just said that out of my ass. I know that she blindfolds him. And then something happens and she's like, oh, we should get out of this room. And he's like, I literally can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, and, and her body issues, like they did go into specifics. And I think in part because wants, you know, people to allow their own bodies to take the place of hers. Mm-hmm. It was still very much like, you know, my, my breasts are not in the place they were when, <laughs> when we started, when I started having breasts, like, my you know and i've got scars from like literal scars from having babies and it's like this is great i thought that was all really Mm -hmm. well done um and her anxiousness about it was good um it's you know he's got a magic dick though so that was cleared up pretty quick yeah um it doesn't have like the big magic dick problem because the thing is her life is actually pretty good, and her esteem, self-esteem is actually not in the tubes. Like, is she just had that one issue, and other than that, she's doing pretty good. Um, when she starts to push him away, she starts to push him in a way that makes that <laughs> makes sense, but it comes up out of nowhere. He he explains to her that oh, he's got this because he's doing. Because he, of course, can't just work as, you know, in a daycare. Can we talk about that really fast? Yeah. Like, the way that this narrative handled people who worked at daycares was, like, bizarre and, like, very insulting. And, like, okay, okay, yeah, like, the woman in the small town who runs the daycare out of her house, like, I don't know, maybe she has accreditation, maybe she doesn't, whatever, whatever. But I don't believe for a second that Sadie didn't find the daycare where everybody has to have a PhD or whatever to work there. And then when she gets there and then she's interacting with Liam and he like knows things about child development, she's very surprised by it. I'm like, Uh yeah, it's his job. But then there's a point where he shows up and she's like, it's the babysitter. I'm like, no, he's a daycare worker. So like, get over that shit. Um, but then it also goes out of its way to be like, oh, well, Liam's working on his PhD. So he's different from the other daycare yeah. workers. Yeah, he's I hated that. Better than them. And that wasn't implicit, but it just, it had that feeling because we didn't get to meet any of the, of the other daycare workers to like disprove Sadie's weird condescension to people who professionally watch and rear children i don't know it was very bizarre to me i know i mean it it made it sound like somebody who works at a daycare center is utterly ambition ambitionless like this is not a person who has any ambition in their lives whatsoever and maybe some people don't i will sure that but Liam has to have some sort of ambition. He has to want to grow beyond this because he's a man who works at a daycare center. And I was like, fuck. Like, that was what the narrative seemed to, like, imply. Yeah. "Ah." See, I was fine with because he was he was in the process of, like, setting up the study and being part of the study that would send him somewhere. And he didn't know where. And it could be as close as Chicago. It could be as far as Rome. Like, he didn't know. And I was fine with that because then that was an issue of, like, oh, well, now there's this time limit. So I don't want to get too invested in the relationship, whatever, whatever. But, like, 
I I wish that there had been a comment along the lines of like, oh yeah, I I'm really lucky that I got this job here because usually you have to go through so much training and I'm not done yet. But they know that they were short staffed and it was just before I would, was leaving for my study, so they like did me a favor and let me work here. That would have solved all of these problems for me. Yeah. But no, it was so bizarre. It was. It was really bizarre and it was kind of upsetting. Um, the other thing that was upsetting is, so he's got to go to Rome um, to, 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 to finish the study. And that's Just all for fine. a year. Yeah, it's just a fuck. It's not even a year. It's eight months. Oh, my God. And they're like, this will be the end of us. However, will we go on? And it's like, I'm going to quit it. And she's like, don't do it. It's like, I'm going to go to Chicago. And she's like, no, but you want to go to Rome for eight months. Yeah, it was just eight months. And I was like, come on. This could this like, no, no, absolutely not. It was absurd. And especially since we didn't find out it was only eight months until after it was all done and he'd come back and how excited. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is not, that's not a real problem. No. The other thing I kept thinking of this not being a real problem is that, um, Sadie, uh, yeah, she works hard. I'll get, you know, she works really hard because she's got a mortgage and twins that she's putting through probably one of the most expensive daycares in the United States. Um, uh, she's in private practice. <laughs> she can set up her own goddamn hours. Oh, that's right. <laughs> she's, she's a therapist. She's a therapist who does private practice. Like, um, uh, like I, I don't mean to say this in that, like, well, she could have picked up her kids from daycare at any time. I don't mean that. I absolutely do mean, oh, you could have, you could have easily had a conversation with this man early on about like oh well then maybe we'll take our like holiday in rome (laughs) yeah which actually ended up happening yeah she visited him like a couple times right because she's in private practice (laughs) it is very important that i say right now for everybody who is a therapist uh i know that you're not actually paid as well as they say in the movies or in books and that your pay is crazy and insurance is fucking nuts I totally get that. But this is also a fantasy. This woman lives on the East Coast in a small town where she puts her two kids through a very nice private daycare and has a huge house that she's paying for just fine. This woman's fine. <laughs> this is a fantasy where she actually doesn't have to worry about money. It doesn't come up. Um, we, have to t- we have to talk very quickly about the girlfriends. Uh-huh. Who were obviously the first two books in the Manhands series. Manhands, Manhands is a terrible name for a series in my mind. I want to I... know why it's Manhands, but I also don't really want to read the other books to find. Yeah, them. I just all I need to bring up is one: they were supportive and they razzed her in ways that were supportive. So that was uh-huh. great. Two: one of them's boyfriend's name, <laughs> his name was Brought. Yeah. <laughs> B-R-A-H-T. Brat. I read that and I was like, I'm sorry, is that a human being's name? Oh my Brot. god. I read that so many times. I was like, Oh my god. Know. What I is happening? <laughs> Brat. Oh. Okay. Also, 
there was something that I found um, uh, like a missed opportunity. I don't know. It just kind of it, it just kind of hit me the wrong way. So there's a moment where Decker, who's the ex-husband, who also is just like a dick to the point that like um, Sadie will have plans and she'll be like, you were supposed to pick up the girls half an hour ago. And he'll be like, oh, we decided to go to St. Bart's or whatever. Um, and there's a time where he shows up with this like brand new woman. It's not even the nanny that he left Sadie for. It's a new girlfriend. And it's like, oh, honey, come over here. Oh, honey, blah, blah. And this part where Sadie's like, we have just met this woman and he's already calling her honey. And then we find out that her name is honey. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that's that's funny, sure. And then later they end up getting pregnant, and obviously Honey is in way over her head and starting to realize what an asshole she is like tethered to for the rest of her life. But then there are moments where Liam calls Sadie Honey. And I'm like, uh-huh. why? Why did especially after she told him about Honey, why didn't he like change the name that he called her or why didn't he just call her something else to begin with i found it very bizarre i'm like surely she would be triggered by this i did i did too i found that bizarre but you know what i did love all of these books easily and very quickly make the other woman the villain every single time and what happened at the end of this book is like when she meet when she's talking to Honey, when she knows that they're like they got married in a shotgun wedding, and when she knows that Honey is pregnant, and she sees that Honey is in over her head, and she says to herself, "I have to be associated with this woman for the rest of my life because of our children. I will not treat her like she's a villain." Mm-hmm. And like was from that moment on exceedingly nice to her. Right. And, I was and then like, also we, I felt yes. very bad for Honey because we could see her realizing what she'd gotten herself into. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I mean, like, thing. yeah, I, I agree. But I, I just love that this book decided to not be yeah. cruel. Yeah. Um, I was, I was very proud of that. I thought that was excellent. Um, okay. So on the whole, I enjoyed reading this book. Um. They get together at the end, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of sex scenes in it. Um, I think, again, like the main conflict is just in Sadie's own head. It's not in Liam's. Liam is in from the beginning. If they could get married day one, he would have. That was very annoying, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, the only conflict is in Sadie's own brain. And it's all, again, because she's like, this is temporary. He can't possibly love me. Um, I don't deserve nice things. And her friends being like, you do de- deserve nice things. And uh, by thing, we mean a human being. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> it's already called boy toy. It's already like, Liam is not a full human being or a character. Um, he gets, he's upset at his family for reasons. Like the plot wants us, wants, like his dad is a dick. Everybody else in his family is really nice, but he's like, oh, I hate my siblings. And I'm like, I don't know why. They are yeah, He's like, oh, I fucking hate my siblings. And the siblings show up. And they're like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, How are so, you? We so love nice. you. They're worried about him. They they have jocular senses of humor. They're on God. his team the whole time. The, I'm like, even his siblings are like, aren't our parents dicks? We got to deal with it. La, la, la. <laughs> God. I was like, why is he upset with them? I don't get it. I don't either. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, on the whole, I mean, the sex scenes were good. On the whole, I thought this was a cute book. I enjoyed reading it. It just, it was also a very empty read. Yeah. There was this whole thing about 14-year-old Liam. 
uh-huh. being an adult Liam's brain. And like, okay. Okay. Once or twice, I'm like, okay. Um, like, it'd be something like, uh, oh, hey, Sadie, how's it going? And then in his head, 14-year-old Liam would be like, yeah, man, touch your boobs. And be <laughs> yeah. like, 14-year-old Liam is not subtle and has no game whatsoever. Um, but, and I'm like, okay, sure, 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 fine, whatever. But then, like, as the book book progressed we heard more about 14 year old liam and then about how 28 year old liam started to sound like 14 year old liam and uh, to me this is very much in line with like oh it's just like when we were in high school together and like reliving teen fantasies and like teen romances and i know a lot of people find it cute i don't find it cute i find it creepy I maybe it's because I didn't have very many teen romances or opportunities for teen romances. I don't know. Maybe it's because like you know shows like Dawson's Creek where it's like oh this person that you fall in love with in high school is like the one. It's like well there was no media like that for me really. So maybe like that that narrative was like never solidified in my mind i don't know but whenever we read books that it's like you know it's like oh let's like um um the the reality tv show when it's like oh we never went to prom so let's go to a prom with a bunch of high school kids isn't it cute like i find it all so unnerving and a little creepy and i'm just like no we're adults adults do things (laughs) i don't know maybe it's just me i um no i think like any of those storylines where it's like, this is the love of your life from the moment you've met them in high school. Uh, I've never gotten on board with it. I've always found it like dull. And like, uh, even as a teenager, like it'd be after like the wonder years, like he was in love with the one girl the whole time. And I think they ended up getting together at the end. I was like, why? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's part of growing up, growing out of the people who like, you were in love with because you change like and i'm totally fine with like okay now i say this and i did fall in love with my husband as a teenager (laughs) when (laughs) i was a teenager and i totally get that but i mean and so i there are romances that do that in real life it just no i was never attracted to those storylines either um and I don't know. I like the returning to, like, his 14-year-old. Like, if only because it was unexpected for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he expected to run into Sadie again. I don't think he expected to um, to fall in love with her necessarily for reals. But I don't think it was well-written enough for that to be, to be true or evident. Like, it would have been nicer if he had, like like if he also felt like this was just going to be a fun time mm-hmm. to get like something out of his 14 year old system, like the fantasy of having a, a crush on his, like on his babysitter and then growing out of it. I think it would have been nicer if like we find out like later he's like, he really discovers this woman as herself now mm-hmm. um, and falls in love with that. Not just like the, you know, because he's, but he's too perfect. He's too, yeah. like, he's too, he's the guy that the woman has a fantasy of. The woman who is like, I wonder if a young man would find me attractive again and throw me around and also, like, accept me for who I am now. 
And that's like what the fantasy is. And that's great. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's a unicorn. It's a dragon. <laughs> like it doesn't exist this perfectly. Um, when it does ex- exist, it exists with like way more problems than this book wants you to believe it does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which, but again, like as far as like, as far as like reading for fun to like dig into just some like sweet part of yourself that can believe that things can be simple and easy mm-hmm. and you can just be fucked by somebody who just wants, who loves you unconditionally. Yeah, this is great. This is exactly what you're looking for. And mm-hmm. I see this more in this book than honestly a lot of the other books that we read. Um, where the fantasy is complicated by the man being an utter douchebag. <laughs> it's like, why, ladies, is this your fantasy? Why right. do you want to fuck a guy who's this mean to you? <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, but other than that, it's just, it's so, it's empty. It's so empty. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, because there's a moment, and I'm trying to remember exactly the realization that she realizes why she was attracted to decker the ex-husband uh-huh oh, I was hated it like so much i hated it so much what was it? i don't even remember was it like oh this is the guy i'm supposed to be attracted to or like what was yeah, the deal it was basically that like she felt like she was like the nerd in the corner of the library who was just like studying and he was like this hot you know frat bro who everybody thought was hot and he turned and looked at her and wanted to have her and so she's like well then i guess that's what i should want so I do. And I'm like, that's one. Okay, that's an interesting reason to, to have decided to say yes to a date. That's not why you fall in love with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that is the exact same reason why she went on the date with Liam. Yeah. Yep, yep, because yep. she was like, this guy is hot. And he's looking at me like I'm hot. Maybe I should let that into my life. All my friends have peer pressured me into it like they did with the first guy. Yeah, that was, it's the exact same reason. Like, uh, that's, and again, that's why you went out with, with him. That's not why you fell in love with him. Um, I'm, why can't we just believe? Why can't we just believe? Uh, because we can't, because this is a fantasy. But why can't we just believe that you fell in love with your ex-husband, so you married him? And you fell in love with him because he was uh, he was charismatic, he was funny, he was interesting, and he was everything that you would want, except you got pregnant and he didn't like that. And it turned out he didn't like responsibility. And that's his fault, and that's okay that it's his fault. Mm-hmm. It's okay that it's not your fault that you ended up with him because of your... And that somehow your self-esteem issues are also your fault. Like, no, we can just accept the fact that we loved people. And then they left our lives because they were jerks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, yeah, her reasoning, it was absurd. And I was so upset. Like, at that moment in the book, I I was upset about it. Because the whole rest of the fantasy was so delightful and sugar-coated and it was like eating good birthday cake (laughs) good uh was that that book yeah yeah this this book was a birthday cake of a book that was boy toy man hands book three (laughs) 
Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Let's play Fuck Mary. Kill. 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 Are you ready? Fuck Mary. Kill. Well, Claire. Yeah. Are you ready? Let's do this thing. Let's do this. Do you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? Oh, I'll go first. Okay. All right. Neil, fuck, Mary, kill. Mm-hmm. Um, a restaurant owner. Uh-huh. A uh, daycare, child daycare worker. Uh-huh. A professional video game player. Oh. Okay. I'm going to marry the restaurant owner. Ooh. Um... I think I'll fuck the daycare worker. I'll probably get a cold or something or like <laughs> lice afterwards because they're around kids all day. But that's fine. Um, and then I kill the professional gamer only because the very few that I know of all seem like garbage people. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know a lot about professional gaming, like professional streamers, all of that. I just know about a few, and they seem like smelly, garbage, entitled straight boys, and I don't need that. <laughs> so, what about you, Claire? Um, yeah, I think probably around the same. Um, well, it's uh, it comes down to an hours thing. Like, a restaurateur, like, you get them in the morning sometimes, depending, but, like, maybe not in the evenings. Like, their hours are crazy. Right. But um, I mean, I do theater. My hours are also crazy. Yeah. I feel like a child daycare worker, at least like they, they've got early hours, but you know, I think they come home around five, Yeah, which is kind of nice. With um, all their diseases. Oh, so many diseases. So, but I think, uh, I think I'm going to do the same thing. Um, and I'm only going to kill the streamer, not necessarily because I think they're like, um, garbage straight boys, but you know, I think like, um, it it's just like the amount of like inane chat that they do for streaming <laughs> while they're playing the games. It always just kind of boggles my mind. And I say this as somebody who's putting out a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it erodes their filter to oh, like yeah. keep their thoughts on the inside? Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially the ones who like get paid for also just like whatever random thoughts are coming out of their head. Mm-hmm. So like the ones who get like uh, extra money, like those guys know there's no fucking filter on them. Yeah. Oof. I don't need that. No, I like a filter. I like you to tell me nice things. <laughs> <laughs> or just like things that are relevant or interesting. I don't just say nice things to me. Okay. <laughs> tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay, Claire. Uh huh. Fuck Mary Kill. Uh huh. Liam. Tyson. Or Honey. Our younger lovers. Ooh. Liam, Tyson, Honey. Um. Okay, well, I'm going to marry Liam. Because as we talked about, he's perfect. Um. He reads minds, he makes pancakes. 
He has crazy abs. <laughs> He's a superhero. He reads minds. He makes pancakes. <laughs> he understands child development. Yeah, honestly. Oh, 100%. God. Um, no, it's funny because my husband actually does work for um, child development. <laughs> And uh, he does like I wanted him to read the book fully. Like, like so, this guy's getting a PhD. Anyway, like I just wanted Matt to laugh at at it um, because it's such a fantasy. But um, no, but I'd marry Liam. He seems really he seems perfect. So why not? Um, uh, I'm going to i'm gonna fuck tyson because i think he's he's pretty good at it sounds like he's a good giving lover um who's very nice he's very kind i'm only gonna kill honey to put her out of her misery yeah 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 i'm gonna do the same things again tyson is supposed to be 28 but he he reads like he's 19 yeah um and i don't need that energy all the time um but I bet he's I bet he's good in the boudoir. Mm-hmm. He seems assertive and creative, things I appreciate. Yeah. Um and then yeah, Liam Liam is is a fantasy man. Yeah. Um he probably doesn't even get diseases from being around children all day long. Never. Never. Um and then poor poor honey. Poor poor honey. <laughs> and of out of all the characters, Claire? Um, well, I'm still going to marry Liam because, mm-hmm. you know, he was perfect. So might as well give me that birthday cake. <laughs> um, so I think I will marry Liam. I'm still gonna, um, I'm still gonna fuck Tyson. Cause I think, again, I think Tyson's a sweetheart and good at it and fun. So I think that would be fine. Um, and I'm going to kill, uh, Sadie's ex-husband because he was, the, he was awful. <laughs> he was, um, mm-hmm. real mean. Um, he forgot about his kids all the time. And then he's in a year, he's like run off with several different women and left the other ones for not. So, you know, that's, he could be the, the bad guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Claire, mine is the exact same. Ah! Yeah, again, like, Tyson seems fun. Happy to fuck him. And then um, I'd go to his restaurant. It'd probably give me uh, terrible shits the next day, but that's fine. Um, And then, yeah, I'm going to marry Liam because he seems gorgeous and wonderful and beautiful. And I'll go visit him in Rome. I'll go live with him in Rome. Fuck it. What am I doing here? I'll go live with him in Rome for a few months. um, And that'll be great. And then yeah, we'll do t- like if if you were like uh you know a counselor like that, you could do telehealth, you know. Get yeah. On, get on the line. You just have super weird hours, but that's fine. Very weird. Um. And then I'm also gonna kill Decker because he was shitty, yeah. and there was there was I mean Phil was obnoxious, but he wasn't egregious. And so instead of having to kill one of the love interests for being terrible, I'm killing the villain because they're the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the book's Claire. Um, I'm going to fuck boy toy. Um, that's what they're for. 
Exactly. I mean, like, it was a good time. Yeah. Like, this is, like, this book feels like the reason you read romance novels. Because you want, I'll say it again, because I'm sick. You just want the birthday cake. You want it to be <laughs> sweet. You want it to be satisfying. You want it to be filling. And then you you don't want more. <laughs> you just want you want a nice big chunk of that cake and then, you know, call it a night. <laughs> and I think this book does that. It gives you the fantasy guy. It gives you the fantasy life. It gives you the fantasy romance. Um, and it was funny. And he was a good guy. He wasn't a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to marry this book. I don't think I'm going to read the other ones because it's just not my jam. Uh, but I thought this was an enjoyable read for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kill Team Fission. Um, but I feel bad about it because I feel like this this kind of romance, like older man, younger younger man with like you know, an entirely different body type is like something we should celebrate. Um, but it just, I did not like being in Phil's head at all. And Mm-mm. I think I would have liked to have seen a different kind of growth pattern for him. A lot of the writing, well, I thought, uh, I'd look forward to this author's maybe later books. Mm-hmm. If that, does that sound fair? Like, yeah. Like I think, uh, Chase Verity's books later are going to be really good. Yeah. Not this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm also going to fuck Boy Toy. Um, it was funny. There, there were parts that I didn't enjoy. Um, but it was funny. It was, it was, it was birthday cake. There was a, uh, so one of the friends, one of the girlfriends was pregnant and the other one was like, Ew, kids are gross. And then the pregnant one gives birth. And then the one who's like, Ew, kids are gross. It's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh, are we going to see a woman decide that she's been wrong her whole life? And she suddenly likes babies in a book that isn't even her book. And then at the end, she and her boyfriend bought a dog yeah. and they like baby the dog. And I'm like, okay, great. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was like, this, Love this it. is exactly how it's going to happen. <laughs> and I like it. That was great. That was great. Um, yeah. Again, like there were all these moments that it's like, oh, this is going to be a point of conflict between them. And then Liam was like, oh, well, I know exactly how she's feeling and it's not a big deal. I'm like, well, then why did it even come up? Yeah. And not to say that I needed all of the conflict to be between them, because there were also bits about like, like the, the shenanigans of like him waiting at the back door while the the ex-husband was there and like her sort of Sadie sort of zipping about the house, making sure that nobody found out about anyone else kind of thing. Uh-huh. And like, you know, we had plans and then the, the ex-husband canceled or like flaked. So now they have to adjust their plans and that is a barrier for them. And like, I appreciated those moments because yeah. one, I don't need all the conflict between to be between the people and two, it felt very realistic. Yes. Like just, just someone flaking on taking your kids fucks up your whole night. And that's very much what happens. Um, so I appreciated that, but then yeah, Liam was just too perfect. And, um, it felt longer than it needed to be. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, it's because it was, because there was not actually barriers to their romance. There were yeah. real barriers. So the moment you realize there's no real barriers to the romance, a book always becomes long. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
I'm also going to uh, kill Team Fission. I, I really wanted to like it, and I still do really want to like it, but just, like, being in Phil's head was hard. So the um, the the mode of death will be quick and painless. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel bad, and I, I can't even articulate why I feel bad. No, I agree. I, also, I agree. Because there were parts I did enjoy, but then there were parts of it that I very much didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I don't... Anyway... Okay. Um, does that mean that it's time for our favorite game? Yes. Christine. Yes. Hi. Hi, Christine. <laughs> Hello. Hello. There is some power washing happening on my property, outside of my property. So I'm sorry, listeners, if you can hear a motor in the background or not. So. I can't hear anything, can't. but oh my God. there have been so many times where it's like, here. oh, we don't hear it. And then it's the entire episode is just like, Meh. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully Apologies that's not an issue, advance, but yes. yes. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Claire. All right. Claire, what are we reading next? Okay. Please tell me. All right. So the first book is love's opening night. An M.M. Romance, On Stage Book Two by Jeff Adams, and Broadway Dreams, A Powerful New York City Romance by Leah Moreno. Theater. Yep. Play. Hey, Broadway. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going, Broadway. It's Broadway. Like, it is Broadway. It is Broadway. 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 Ah, <laughs> oh, the lights of Broadway. <laughs> um, Broadway. Broadway. Great. That was fun. Yay. <laughs> One of the quickest games of Christine guests ever. Really? <laughs> I Claire's like I wasn't does. trying to hide the parentheticals. I want to go back to bed. Right. I, well, I mean, one of them. It's like I was like, okay, don't do the like in my head. I was like, don't do the parenthetical, like because it'll give it away because it's um you know an on stage book too. But then it's called <laughs> Love's Opening Night, and the other yeah. one's just called Broadway Dreams. So it's like. <laughs> Fair. Um, For the record, Molly, I did get it from the first title. <laughs> 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 I love this contentious relationship we are entirely fabricating between you and Claire's sister. Just because she thinks she's so much smarter than me and she's probably right. <laughs> I can tell you right now, my sister is in her car driving home from work and her face is turning beet red and she's yelling. She's like, no! I don't feel smarter. I don't. I love you. <laughs> Whether or not she feels smarter, she almost undoubtedly is smarter. <laughs> My sister's a pretty smart lady. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, and uh, she's also getting her, you know, her master's, also has her master's in early childhood care development. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, then I. About Liam as well. I <laughs> hope she doesn't just work at a daycare. <gasps> uh, uh, fuck that book. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. I know that we tear your books apart, but we also buy them. So. Yeah, 
You have our money. And, um, and isn't that the greatest gift of all? <laughs> you're right. Uh, Tanya Ebby and is it Serena Bowen? They have my money twice because I was pressed for time. So I bought the book book and the audio book. So oh. you got my money twice. So I love in 2023, we have to describe books as book book. The book, book, the book book. The book book. <laughs> well, it's not even the book book, the e-reader version. Uh, anyway, thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. We appreciate you so much, and we couldn't do this without you. But is there other ways that our listeners can support us, Neil? Why, yes, of course. You can uh, do the most important kind of support, and that is monetary support. Because this is capitalism, and only money matters. If you go to patreon.com slash fmklitpod, you can give us a little money. Uh, there's a link in the description. And then also, you, I mean, like, follow the link or just put the whole thing in the in the URL because it's hard to find us on Patreon because we say dirty words. Dirty, dirty words. Dirty words. Like pussy. <laughs> and cunt. <laughs> Scrotum. And honestly, in this day and age where the weirdest fucking shit is um, sexy, is, you know, is, you know, it's censored for monetary value. Oh, my God. Like You can't even say kill on YouTube anymore. I know. Like, okay, I am so sorry. I'm like, this is derailing us all to hell. But so on the YouTubes and on TikToks now to make sure they're not demonetized or erased, like instead of saying suicide, people now say unalive themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Like, I'm sorry. We've decided we are going to let um like MAGA assholes say anything they fucking want that's just the dumbest conspiracy shit but oh no 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 we can't say the word suicide which is a part of human experience fuck right off we also can't say stripper can't say stripper you can't uh like you can barely talk about like any sexual act at all like people say segs instead of sex segs oh gross Mm -hmm. i'm so upset that's fair that's fair. Um, boobies. That's <laughs> not us. Boobies. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, so please give us money so that we can rant more about things that don't actually affect us. Or have anything to do with romance novels. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I guess all we have left to say is that if you can do so safely. And consensually. And... Uh, <laughs> in, fr- in front of an entire chat room on your MMORPG game while shoving a huge piece of birthday cake in your face <laughs> Key. Key.